Welcome to It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, and today's episode is a peek into a private office hours session that I recently had with Kenna and Aaron, dedicated members of the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. Let's get started. Because this coaching call encompasses the different skills they are working on with each of their animals, let me give you a little backstory. Kenna and Aaron recently moved in together, and Kenna brought along her slightly grumpy cat, Stella. Aaron already had one dog, June, who's large and excitable, and two cats, Shanks, who keeps himself, and Jack, who is extremely playful and curious. When they first joined the club, Stella was constantly hissing at the closed door of her safe room whenever she sensed Jack or June approaching. And Jack and June were beside themselves with curiosity and over-arousal. So, to decrease everyone's stress level, we set up an airlock of two baby gates outside Stella's room so the other animals couldn't get too close to the door, but Stella could get used to them being outside when the door was open. This setup has been working really well. In terms of training, here's what the animals have been working on. Stella is learning to calmly move away from the open door of her safe room if she's getting uncomfortable instead of feeling the need to antagonize the visitor. June is learning to settle on her bed in the living room in the face of lots of distractions to prep for later setups with Stella downstairs. Jack is working on hopping up to surfaces like his cat tree on cue to act as a controlled distraction during setups for both June and Stella. I know this is a lot of info, so I'll interject as we go through the call to give you more information as you need it. This call took place on Zoom, so I really apologize for the fuzzy sound. I hope you get as much out of it as Kenna and Aaron did. So tell me how things are going. Pretty good, I think. I don't know. I feel like we've made decent progress with June. How do you feel about Stella? Stella, she will respond well to training if she feels like doing training, but sometimes she quits. How um, long are your sessions with her? Usually just like a minute or less. We discussed a few different ways to start incorporating distractions for her. Do you feel like she's frustrated? Is she unsure of what you're asking for? Because sometimes that is a reason that you get an animal that quits. Yeah, it could be. I think she's she's definitely been a little more jumpy when the other animals like nose up to the outer gate. But she's been basically okay with, like, Jack coming up. I think she, like, puffed up once when he was trying to peer in. I think she's a lot more comfortable with the two gate setup if they're trying to nose around. But, yeah, I think she's she's probably easily distracted by everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we might, depending on how often the nosing is happening, and if you're in the office working then we could add in basically a protocol where the other animals appearing means that cookies happen somewhere away from the door so that she learns to see the other animals and then turn away that might be a really easy thing to add in you don't have to do that every time obviously if you don't catch it but the good thing is that it can be combined with her name. So she sees another animal, you say her name, and cookies appear somewhere else. 
<laughs> so even if she doesn't respond to her name in that moment, the cookies appearing will help her get the hint of what she's supposed yeah. to do. And then hopefully she will start to respond to her name before the cookies appear situation. I, I think she actually does have pretty good recognition of her name. It's just like, it depends. I, I do think that, as you mentioned, if we close the door to the office a bit so she can't see out as much, she's more responsive and training. Yeah, I think what that indicates is that the potential threat of the other animals is the distraction. Not necessarily okay. their presence, because I'm assuming they're not there all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and Fred walks around too, or like she hears a noise. She's looking out the door. Yes. We've been doing two things with Stella. Planned training sessions, where we have worked on her turning away from distractions in response to her name, and trying to use that behavior in real life when she's triggered by the other animals nosing at the baby gates. In those real-life scenarios, because Stella was having trouble disengaging from the door sometimes in response to her name, adding in the automatic appearance of treats in the location we want her to go to, instead of waiting for her to respond, will help her remember the training she's been working on, of turning away when she's feeling that stress, rather than getting stuck. Is she able to move around a little bit more? Yeah, we did last night and she stayed out for a pretty good amount of time. Has she attempted to go sniff June's crate or have you been able to redirect her from that? She actually hasn't been going that close to the crate lately. Um, I think the chair barrier helped, Good. but also she, I think she just like knows for sure June is there now and tries yeah. to avoid it. But yeah, but right. if, she, if, she look, if June makes a noise and she looks at it, we've been able to redirect her, um, which is good. Yeah. yeah. So you could do something similar in that scenario, right? Anytime she hears another animal doing something, you toss a cookie away from that thing so that it's really a no-brainer for her. And so you're trying to connect that trigger with something that she likes, but also because of the way you're delivering the treat, you're also teaching the behavior that you'd like her to do. Right. What would be really interesting is if we started to think about where she could have an elevated place to hang out in that living room area and that's where the cookies would appear. So we're doing sneaky introduction to her settle spot where that's just if she's in that room that's where she can expect that they're that's where they would be i know she's not like the biggest up cat she likes to be on the ground but i want to make sure that she does have some place where june can't get to her stella has exploring time where june is put into her covered crate in the living room Jack hangs out with Shanks in the basement, and Stella gets to move through the rest of the house. When we first did this, Stella would actively approach June's crate and hiss. Unlike most cats, she goes straight for the offensive when stressed, instead of looking to flee. We want to help her realize that calmly retreating to an elevated, safe area is usually a better choice than actively antagonizing a large dog. So we brainstormed a little bit to decide where her elevated space might be in the living room. And so do you guys have any ideas about 
what's either already in your living room or could be adjusted so that she could, let's say, jump up on the couch and then like onto a little shelf or something like that. Yeah, actually, we did just get a new cat tree. It's too tall for her. So Jack can get up there because he's tall, but it'd be a bit much for Stella. But maybe if we put like a step here and then she could get on the step and then up here. Where the cat tree is now is near June's kennel, which also has the other cat's food on top of it. So it might be a little high pressure for her to start right there. Yeah. I was going to say we might need to move it because if she's not going to feel safe there, even if she knows June is kenneled. It could be that it could be that that ends up being their tree and we do something else for Stella. Yeah. She likes this little weird front room space that we have when she comes down. So it might actually be great to put a tree there because she can look out the window, which she likes to. Yeah. yeah. That would be Lots good. Lots of different squirrels to look at. <laughs> yeah. And then she would also feel safer because there's that gate there. Yeah. Right. Even right. if the other cats can jump it, that at least you've given her that little area. And since she prefers to go in there and they don't hang out in there that often, that's not really part of their behavioral repertoire. So as long as we don't reinforce them (laughs) for going in there and we reinforce the crap out of her for going in there, that will end up being a spot that they might go in, but they might not. And that you have that little cat door in that gate already. Yeah. So one thing that we could do, you know, in our setups down the line is to say, okay, Stella goes in there through the cat door. We close the cat door so that no one else can get in, theoretically. And we can even put something up higher on top of that gate to make sure that the other cats don't jump it, at least while we're working on the setup and Mm -hmm. then june can be out there stella can be in there and we can be reinforcing them with that barrier in between i think that might be a really good mini milestone to work towards yeah great sounds like a good plan so let's think about how we're gonna get there we then switched gears to concentrate on june since her being able to remain relaxed while stella moves around the living room space is going to be key during future setups Because she has been making huge strides during her practice sessions, we increased the difficulty of the distractions, and I coached Aaron through the training. Okay, so June is there with you, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a little training with her, because we were talking last time about clarifying that going to her bed is go and lay down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can walk away from her and everything, and she's fine. I'll, like, go in the kitchen and get a drink. Or we'll go get her greenie and stuff, and she'll stay. Holy shit. There was a, a couple days ago, I was doing the thing in the in the enrichment video where you said to start doing two of them at once. And so I was saying, June, good. And then she would get a treat. And then I had Jack on the new cat tree, and then would do Jack good, and we would get the treat. So she's pretty good with staying there at this point, as long as there's no extremely enticing stimuli, like someone coming to the door or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's pretty good at staying. Okay. Okay. I'm so proud. Okay. (laughs) So let's start proofing a little bit of movement of other things that are not you. Okay. Um, let's take a neutral object like a water bottle or something and just roll it on the ground. And then when you're rolling it, mark it good and then treat her. Okay. 
Yeah, so as it is rolling, you're marking it. Good. Oh, she thought about it. She did. So that meant, (laughs) so if she thought about it, that means it's a little hard. So I would just roll it a little bit this next time. Good. Beautiful. So what we're teaching her here is that thing happening does not mean get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, obviously this is totally real life and we are stopping here. This is the end. This is the final behavior. <laughs> but yeah, what tends to be difficult for dogs who like to chase things is when the rolling happens across their visual or away okay. from them. So you did the right thing, having it roll towards, but not hitting her. If you feel like she's solid, you could roll it across her vision. Beautiful. Make sure you're reinforcing every time you're marking that good. So let's just try one where you're rolling it away from her, and then we'll release her. Good girl. Really good. Okay, let's free that dog. Yes, that's beautiful. So that's one activity for proofing this particular behavior you send her over there reinforce her and then you make things move right Mm -hmm. and you mark and reward her for staying the other side of it is whether she can go if something is happening so let's say a cat comes down and we want her to instead of going towards the cat we want her to go to her bed Mm -hmm. okay So we need to make sure that she can go no matter what's happening. So right now, what I want us to do is to start way back at the beginning and just think about the position from which you are sending her. So if you always send her to her bed from where you are near the stairs, Mm -hmm. what happens if you're sitting on the couch? Can you send her from there? Let's see. That was beautiful. Okay. Okay. And now let's release her. Great. So let's think of other things. Can you tell her to go if you're not looking at her? Beautiful. So we're making this a really sticky behavior in two separate ways that are both equally important. I'm ecstatic with how fluent the base behavior is. And so I'm confident that whatever you guys throw at it, if it's not like huge increments of difficulty, you'll get a lot of really good reps in there. And the sky's the limit on creativity. So think a little bit about what situations might occur where you Mm -hmm. would need to send her if things are looking a little dicey. And you can use Jack as a distraction as well. If she's like slightly interested in him or looking at him, can you send her? The concepts and skills are interchangeable depending on which animal you're working with. We're going really slowly with Stella because she's the one who is the most cautious, but your adventure animals downstairs are really into training for training's sake. So you can steam ahead. Here's where we touched on Jack's current training task. He currently is very good at moving to a platform when he can follow a hand gesture. But just like with Stella in the front room and June on her bed, we want to establish a default location for him to target when no hand signal is given. The one thing that I would recommend is add a verbal cue as well, because if you're in one room and you need to tell multiple animals to go somewhere, you need that verbal really solid. The thing that I think would be really helpful is 
to have one really sticky spot in each room that you're going to be sending him most of the time. You could send him other places if you gesture to it, but if you said Jack home or whatever you choose and you didn't gesture anywhere, he would go to wherever his sticky spot is because you've reinforced him much more heavily there. Proofing the behaviors is really thinking about where are those sticky spots for each animal going to be and starting to set those up so that we can actively start using them in different training sessions before we start bringing Stella. Because I want Jack and June to be so solid on these things that you can trust when Stella comes down and is a worried, anxious ball of whatever, that they're okay and you can focus on her and making sure that whatever her behavior is, we can adjust based on her rather than <laughs> than the other variables as much as possible. Gotcha. Great work, guys. I'm like a little bit proud mama over here. That was beautiful. <laughs> and is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we go in on the this progress train that we're making? I had a question. Aaron was training Jack yesterday and Jack gets real excited and eats too fast and he like oh yeah because he was eating treats too fast is Mm -hmm. there an alternative we could give him that would be a cookie that was not quite as scrumptious to the point where he threw up he has yeah (laughs) this is why he can't we can't give him wet food because he'll just eat it and throw up yeah he can't have nice things okay there's i think a two-pronged approach with this number one is to make sure that you are taking a breath yourself in between reps because if he's frantic you need to set the pace a little bit more for him and this is outside of changing the reinforcer which we'll talk about in a second the other thing is making sure that you're not giving him more than three to five treats at a time okay okay. keep him real real short so he can't gorge himself completely and what are you giving him little salmon things they're kind of wet maybe you like cut those in half. I was going to say, if they're, yeah, if they're a little slimy, you can usually cut them a little bit. And he's so motivated that he'll go to look for it anyway. And it actually might be better if it's harder for him to find, because that's going to put more time in between those reps as well. You always have to adjust the levels depending on the cat. Mm -hmm. Some of them you're like, here is this huge piece of whatever. I'm going to put it right here. (laughs) It's right here. But he's going to look for it no matter what. Um, Yeah, change those things first before we adjust the food. So size, total number, and space between reps. And see if that helps. Cool. Woo! We covered a lot of ground during this session. How to help a scared cat who tends to lash out first to learn that moving away from a stressful situation is a viable option in different locations in the house. How to make a go-to-bed behavior strong in the face of distractions, not just once the animal is on the bed, but also when the cue is given. The importance of making sure that go-to-bed is put on a verbal cue and heavily reinforced in practice, so it's clear to each animal and can be used during real-life, potentially stressful scenarios in the future. And ways to troubleshoot the issues that come up of using treats with really snarfy cats. Hope that hearing the questions I ask and the advice I give during these coaching calls is helpful for you to apply to your own animals. If you have follow-up questions about anything we discussed during this episode, please head over to the episode post on my Instagram at praiseworthypets 
to join in the conversation. And if you're having trouble with the cat-dog interactions in your home, and you feel like this kind of support is what you've been looking for, come join us. In addition to being a member of an awesomely supportive community, group coaching, and training resources, you also get one private office hour slot with me per month of membership in the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. You can find out more information at praiseworthypets.com slash club. That's all for now, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you back here next week for another episode of It's Training Cats and Dogs.